uh, five and under. Not I didn't say action, I said looks. May I say something? It is, it's, it's a joy to have Calvary Community Reformed Church and Community Grace uh, together for the summer. And, and I really pray that, that we'd be a blessing to each other. And challenge it, uh, challenge us as we will. After the service, it's really easy to talk to the people we know. You'll find someone you don't know. Say hello. How your life, Hank? <laughs> someone you don't know. Or haven't seen for a while, see how they're doing and, and, and speak into their life. Um, let's be, let's, let's get to know one another this, uh, this summer. Back in January, Community Grace, we had our, we call them family meetings, or we call them congregational meetings, whatever. But we call them family meetings. We get together, we talk about where the church is at, and that's our family meeting at the end of January. Um, conversation talked about some of our weaknesses as a church. Now, we have some strengths which I'm grateful for, but uh, among our many weaknesses, two of them kind of came to the top. One was prayer, and the other was evangelism. Prayer, not saying that we don't pray individually, but I think what we were saying is that corporately, we don't pray enough for it, enough together. And we wanted to well, we just raised that. We didn't have really an answer. And then we also talked about evangelism, proclaiming Jesus to our world, whether it's individually or corporately. And we said, yeah, it would be good if we could grow in those areas. We've been praying about those things, but uh, we've also been attempting to remedy some of this. And so as a church, um, our task force, our leadership team, this is what we're doing. Once a, once a month we get together and we... We talk about okay, where are we headed as a church, kind of a strategic piece, but that's interspersed with a whole lot of prayer. But then on the off, two weeks later, we get together and we simply pray for the church. We've mentioned individuals by name. Are we growing as in the grace and the knowledge of Christ? Those leaders, we wanted to begin to pray. A few weeks ago, I challenged uh, our people that... Uh, Let's be a people that are praying for those we love that don't know Jesus. So I encourage you to write down three names, at least three names, and, and to bring their names before Jesus on a daily basis. And so we want to pray that way as well. Over the summer, we want to change the way we do our services. We've seen that. We, we've done some more prayer. We want to intersperse our service with far more prayer. And... Uh, but then we want to spend some time praying together. Now, Calgary Community Reform Church has invited us on Friday night, 8 o'clock, not 7 o'clock. That's my dad, not uh, Matt's. But come. If you've got a few minutes, come and pray. Let's pray for each other as congregations. Let's pray for, for our city. Let's pray for whatever good the Lord lays on our heart. And then as well, over the summer, we'd like to have one cottage prayer meeting uh, uh, where we can just grab a guitar and meet at somebody's house. Uh, June 26, and again, everybody's welcome to that. If we have too many people in our house, we'll figure that out for the next time, okay? The first time I just enjoyed being really close together. But the idea, uh, actually there's a pamphlet at the back, and all this stuff is on there. Just grab one of yourself today. 
And then finally, I thought, you know what? Why don't we spend the summer just talking to her? Let's see what God's word says about prayer. Uh, let's let, let's allow God's word to transform and change us as only it and the Spirit can. So we want to start a series today, learning to pray like Jesus and Paul. Pretty simple. We're going to look at a couple of Jesus' prayers over the summer, starting today with the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to conclude at the end of the summer with John chapter 17. And in between, I want to look at some of Paul's prayers. And, and my hope as we do this is that we would be, uh, we would go home and we would pray more deliberately and differently. More deliberately like Jesus prayed, like Paul prayed. And our prayers are shaped and look a little different. Now, the truth is most Canadians pray. Every stat I've seen says that it's a high percentage that most Canadians pray, but the question is to whom do they pray? Uh, that's important. And, and there's another question. How do we pray? And then, why do we pray? And then what, and then what do we ultimately trust when we pray? Let me start with that last one. Uh, uh, do we, when we pray, do we, do we trust in uh, how often we pray? Okay, we pray this much, and then God will answer? Or do we trust in Jesus, who gave his life, and we're putting our confidence in him? When we pray, uh, why do we pray? What motivates us? James says often we pray because we just were praying and want stuff that we want. But do we have, what is our motivation behind prayer? Uh, how do we pray? What do our prayers look like? Then? And then again, I hope this summer we answer some of those questions. This morning, as we look at Jesus' prayer as he taught his disciples to pray, uh, I want to begin by looking at some preliminary thoughts and then we'll look at the content of Okay, so if you've got Matthew, take a, take a peek at it, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. This is in the midst of Jesus' incredible Sermon on the Mount. And, and he's talking to those gathered around. He says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Those are the ones who like to stand in the corner and everybody can see them praying, hear them praying. We don't typically do that in our culture. In their culture, they would. So they love to stand and pray, verse 5, in the synagogues and the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. Did you hear that? If you pray, and you're praying, and even in the context of the church, and, and, and the reason you pray, or the hope in your praying, is that uh, others will see that you are righteous. Jesus says, okay, that's your reward. I'm looking for a greater reward. In his preliminary thoughts, Jesus goes on in verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I, I don't believe... 
Jesus is saying that it's wrong to pray publicly. It's not that I don't think he's saying it's wrong to get together on Friday night for us to pray. Look at the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. The early church got together to pray right prior to Pentecost. Acts chapter 12, we're praying for Peter that he could be released from prison, and he's released. So the church has given us examples that they gather to pray, but the point is, why do we pray? Like, what motivates us? Are we, are we praying so we'd be seen by others? Are we praying because we, because we truly want what God wants us? In his preliminary thoughts, Jesus continues, verse 7, when you pray, do not keep empty praises as the Gentiles do. Uh, is, are we just putting out words that don't mean anything, or are we actually talking to God? They think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. Again, I don't think Jesus is saying we can't have a long prayer. Jesus actually prayed all night, several of you. Here the individuals are trusting the length of their prayers that that's why God would answer. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask them. Did you catch that? Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask them. God knows what we need before we ask. But I sure I'm still like my kids asking Jesus then goes on and says, pray them like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. When I pastored in rural Alberta for eight years, um, I had moved from Calgary, a very young church, to a very old church, and suddenly, instead of doing weddings, I was doing funerals. And in that context, it was a small town. We were the building that was big enough to host most of the funerals in town, and so we would. And I was always stunned at these funerals when other congregations would use our facility. People who never went to church knew this prayer by heart. Pastor would start and, and then just. Well, that's because most of us, some of you might remember, we said this prayer every morning before school started. Now, I don't believe Jesus says it's wrong to pray this prayer. I think it's actually healthy that we know this prayer. But I don't think Jesus was saying, I want you to pray this prayer every time you pray. He says, I want you to pray like this. He's saying, here's a model. Here's a guide. Here's something that should shape your prayer life. And so our prayers ought to look like this. And so let's take a look at the content of Jesus' prayer. He begins with our Father. Now don't lose sight of that word, our. That's a really important word. Our Father. So when I pray, it's not God, would you help me do this? Would you help me get this? Would you? It, it's, it's, it's Lord. We as a church are praying like this. This is what we desire. Would, would you hear us? Would 
minutes? You see, I'm not praying alone, even if I'm in my prayer closet, I'm not praying alone, because I know that Jay's praying the same thing. Tom's praying the same thing, I'm Edelman's praying the same thing, but even when we come together, we have to be praying the same thing. But what is that thing? We're going to get there. Jesus wants us to know a couple of relationships. One is each other when we pray. And the other is our Father. Now, that language is astounding. J.I. Thacker said something to this effect. I didn't write it down. But basically, if you, if you want to know something about somebody's Christianity, uh, recognize how they understand their God is their See, when we put our trust in Jesus, when we put our confidence in what Jesus Christ has done on that cross, when we've asked him to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, God no longer just becomes our creator, but he becomes our father. He becomes a dad. We were adopted into the family at that point. At the point of the Birth, John chapter 3. We become part of the family. We can call him our father. That's, that's just one of the most remarkable things that Jesus teaches us. That's very new. In the Old Testament, when they prayed, uh, the Israelites saw themselves as sons, but they rarely talked about God as their father. Usually, when they addressed God, they saw him as compassionate and merciful, but they also saw him as powerful. And that's usually the way Started, Jesus teaches us we can start with our father. Now, not everybody's had a good father experience. Don't let your father experience, whether it's good or bad, shape your understanding of who God is, but the scriptures shape your understanding of who God is and what a father is to look like. I'm thankful that God has given me a very good father that loved me and cared for me and provided for me and told me he loved me and, and gracious in so many different ways, but he doesn't measure up to the God in, in the Bible. I want my understanding of what a father should look like from the book. He's our father. He's one of great compassion and great power. He's our father in heaven. When I go to him, he's just not a kindly old gentleman that likes to hear our prayers, but he's a kind and compassionate God who is in heaven in control of all things and can do whatever he so chooses. That's who I go to. That's who I go to. Now, Jesus then unpacks some six different uh, petitions and and uh, I, I like the way I can't I can't pronounce his name. I'm just gonna say his first name. If you want to see the cover of the book, I'll show it to you. But his name first name is John Anawukikawa or something like that. Say that that's a hard name, right? His first three petitions are Godward, John says. Really what Jesus is doing in verse nine and ten. Is he saying this prayer is not about us, it's about God. You hear that? 
Jesus teaches us to pray not about us so much as about God. We move our eyes off our stop navel gazing and move our eyes there. And I think he wants us to long for him more than we long for our gifts, or his gifts. He started by teaching us to, to, in our prayer, to honor God. Uh, it should be at the very core of us to want God's reputation to excel, look good, become famous, however you want to put it, more than our reputation. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord, would your reputation actually grow and flourish in our city? Would, would people know more about you than me? Would the city of Calvary be, be so in love with God, not community grace? Get that? Not Elroy, not... That, that's how we're... That's how we're called. Jesus tells us that's how we should pray. It's like Moses. If you remember the story about Moses, the people of Israel had, had uh, sinned against God. Moses goes back up the mountain, and God's going to like destroy this bunch. He says, I'm going to make you, I'm going to put you in charge, and your, your descendants will be the, the, the new Israel. What, how did Moses pray? Moses prays according to God's will. I think God was actually poking him to see if you're moving in that direction and, and, and testing him. But how did Moses pray? Moses prays, Lord, if you do that, the nations are going to go, their God couldn't get into the land. It's not going to look good on you, God. That's how we should pray. That should be at the heart of our prayer more than Lord, I need a new job. God's not going to say, don't pray for your job, but our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Not only does he pray for them that we would honor God, but he says our prayer should consist of praying for his, the advancement of his kingdom, his rule, his reign. Your, your kingdom come. A kingdom has a king. And then a king, his, his, his kingdom grows as he, as he conquers territories. Now, how does God conquer territories? How does Jesus conquer territories? Not with the sword. But as a gospel is. But is that our prayer? Do we pray as Jesus taught us to pray? Do we say, Lord, I want your gospel to go out. You know, I'm going to work today. And I got Fred and Wilma and Barney and Betty. And they don't know you. And I pray that your kingdom would come, that your rule would advance in, in my workplace. And in, in, in which, would they come to know you? Would they, would they hear the gospel? And, and would, they, would they submit to who you are and what you've done? Oh, if we prayed like this. I think that's how the early church prayed. I think there's pockets throughout history that's how they pray. Jesus teaches us to pray not only for God's honor and for God's kingdom, but for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
o'clock and we treat God as a genie in a bottle. We just rub it right, we just pray right, then what we want will pop out. He'll give us our three wishes. That's not how he teaches us to pray. He says, Lord, Father, you know better than I do. You know what's best, but you will be done. I'm going to trust you with that. Maybe in your workplace you didn't get that promotion you thought you deserved. How does this prayer address that? We often pray asking God to, to, to simply fuel our idolatry. So God, would you would you give me this job? Would you would you would you cause my reputation to increase, whatever? You may not say it so crassly, but how about if we simply pray, Lord, in, the, in my marketplace, in the job, would you, would you graciously, would you need the honor? Would you use me to spread the gospel? And if that's the best way for me to get that job promotion, great. But if not, well, that's okay too. Help me to help me trust you. And you're really done. How do we pray? Jesus really teaches us to pray very differently. It's not natural for us to pray like this. It's not natural for me to pray like this. But what I need to do is I need to let God's word shape my prayers. The priorities of Jesus should be my priorities when I pray. That's what's best for us at the end, isn't it? Now, Jesus doesn't stop there. He does say, well, here, I want you to also pray for your needs. And, and, and there's three of them that he, he highlights. One is provision, one is pardon, and one is protection. Uh, uh, he does say, go ahead and pray for your needs. The very first one there, give us sustain our daily bread. And I don't even know if we pray that way through. Maybe we pray, I hope we pray at the supper table and the dinner table that we say, Lord, thank you for what you've given. But most of us, there's, there's not food in the fridge and in the cupboard to, to make it for a couple of days. And for guys like me, probably could make it a couple of weeks, you know. God, would you give us today what we need? Tomorrow, Lord, would you give us what we need? All in, all in the light of God's will. Proverbs chapter 30, in our, in our daily reading, uh, we've been going through uh, as a church, and I'm not going to be visiting the church, we've gone through a chronological reading of scripture this year. This past week we were finishing up Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 and 9. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and still and profane the name of my God. That's actually a prayer. He's saying, Lord, you just give me enough so that I'll continue to trust you. But don't give me too much so that I stop looking for you. Jesus 
Jesus continues, he also prays, teaches us to pray for pardon and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. So this is the heart of Christianity. I think this is the part that uh, I struggle with a whole, whole lot. It's just a pause on a daily basis and say, Lord, I recognize that I have fallen short. I recognize that I've crossed boundaries that I shouldn't have. Sometimes I'm not even aware of them. Will you forgive me? Isn't that the heart of Christianity? We're broken, we're sinful, we have a righteous God who is in, and He allows us into His presence by coming to Him and saying, I was wrong, and, and because of the work of Christ, I can now enter into His presence and call Him Father. But Jesus teaches us to pray like that consistently. Regularly. Well, yeah, I understand that when I became a Christian, my sins past and future have been forgiven, but there's something about saying I'm sorry. Okay, kids growing up, when they get to a certain age and they know they've done something wrong, they can't look you in the eye. Until they say, I'm sorry. And, and it's something about our communion with God that is, is vital when we stop and pause and say, Lord, forgive me for my wrongdoings. And Remember, all of this is our provision, our pardon, and so together we're doing that. And in that context, how can I not, if I'm saying, God, would you forgive us, how can I, in that moment, go, oh yeah, you know, I just, this guy did this to me. Well, hold it. We're all asking God for this pardon, so I should be looking at the cross, whether they're there or not, the Lord, please forgive me. I may be hanging on I think our church is going to be so much healthier. I'm not just thinking specifically our two congregations, but I'm sure that would apply too. But if we'd be a people that would be quick to forgive. To forgive doesn't mean we don't suddenly forget what's happened. But forgiving means simply we're going to let go of what they said or what they didn't say or we're going to let go of that. We're not going to hold it against that person. We're going to graciously as God has done that with me I'm going to do that with you. To stop there, it's one last request. And lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. And he's literally saying, Lord, would you protect me from future sin? You know, one of my greatest weaknesses is pride. Maybe arrogance is a better word. I think, I think there's days where I think I can just live the Christian life without Jesus. I won't say that, okay? I would never work that out and say this is what I believe and what I think. But when I'm not asking God to protect me in such a manner, lead me not into temptation but deliver me from evil, I'm not praying that way. I'm, I'm, I'm believing that in my own strength I can overcome.
um, my own desires. I think the world's ruling at me. And what Satan's trying to tempt me with. But again, not according to scripture. I need God's help. I need Christ's help. And I, I, so I cry out to him not only for provision, not only for pardon, but for protection. And more than physical protection. Protection that we would not be led into temptation, that we would be delivered from evil. So again, as we pray for our needs, remember it's us. What's interesting in, 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 in the Sermon on the Mount, much of what Jesus, when he's back in chapter 5, and he's talking about lust, and he's talking about uh, loving your enemies, and he's talking about anger, uh, much of that is in the singular. It's in singular pronouns. But he gets to, to Matthew chapter 6 in the Lord's Prayer, and he suddenly switches and he's talking and he uses pronouns that are plural. And I think he does it on purpose. And says that together this is how we pray as Christians. God, would you hear us? Father, would you would you would you hear that our our burning desires to see your name be made famous? Our burning desire to see your rule grow, your gospel be presented around this world, around the city, even within our context. For it's our burning desire that you would provide for us. And so maybe you did get that pay raise. But somebody else in the church lost a job. But when we're praying that way, maybe God gave you that pay raise so that you could help the person who lost a job. Because we're praying our Father. You see the, 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 the how different Jesus teaches us to pray? Not only the content, but how we pray. You know, I'm just going to simply end today with just a question. When you go home today, will you take some time to pray? I don't know what your habit is. Do you pause in the morning? Pause around the meal table. What is your habit for prayer? And when you pause to pray, will you pray differently? Will you apply what Jesus has taught us? Or are you just going to simply go, oh yeah, I saw myself in the mirror, I didn't like what I saw, I'm going to put the mirror away and forget everything I've heard. James says that's very unwise. Because after we hear the that you're not a cruel dad, but you're a compassionate dad, a dad that is filled with mercy, a father that is filled with incredible love, you provided a way for us to be in your, in your presence. That's astounding. But you also say you'll take care of our needs. Thank you. you. As Thomas prayed, you gave us the sunshine. 
You've given us the grasp. That you're a Father who's in heaven. That you're our Father who's in heaven. And Lord, I pray that this summer that you would teach us to pray. To pray rightly. To pray with faith in you, not faith in what we do. To pray because we want to come before you like a little child just wants to be in the dad's presence. Lord, may we become a people such as that. Lord, as we gather around the table, may we be reminded that the only reason we can come around that table is because your son gave his life on our behalf. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Or without the blood that flowed from Calvary, from the cross, we have no hope. Because of that blood, and putting our trust in what you've done, Lord, we know not only your love, but we see your justice in action. And we gather around the table and say thank you for remembering. So this morning, as we close service around the table, Lord, Maybe long for the day that we will sit at your table, the great marriage supper of the Lamb. In your name we pray.